While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. everybody welcome back to another episode of classroom or, or i guess i should say welcome to it you might be brand new to the podcast this might be your first time checking it out but regardless uh welcome welcome to another episode this is episode 289 and i feel like i haven't seen you guys in a while or you haven't heard me in a while because we had the teacher pep talk and i basically took up a couple of weeks off from the podcast including uh uh making some upgrades to some of my um stuff at the at the school so we can get into that a little bit but uh, if you are new here or if you're returning uh, my name is ryan i'm a teacher a coach instructional coach and i run this podcast Uh, if you're looking to get some more bonus content or just support the show in any way you can go to patreon.com slash classroom brew that's where you can get like bonus content like behind the scenes clips and video episodes that are like full length episodes uh, as well as some podcast merch like shot glasses koozies coasters and of course a t-shirt to rep to rep that you are a, a classroom brew fan we don't have like a name for that a fan of the show we're not doing like classroom brewers because the milwaukee brewers i'm not doing that i'm a cub fan i can't in my right mind ever condone that uh, but yeah that's patreon.com slash classroom brew uh to support the show and, and get some extra stuff and and show your support for some uh, some teacher-related uh, content. So, appreciate you. Uh, our current patron, Patreon members, Lish, James, Cindy, Melinda, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. Big shout out to you guys. I appreciate you. I'm going to mention you in my memoir someday. Just self-published the transcripts of the, <laughs> the podcast. Um, yeah. So, um, I, was, I was actually at, for Valentine's Day, which is, I think it lands on a Tuesday. Katie and I wound up doing it, uh, our, our festivities for it, uh, going to a nice dinner and getting drinks on like the Saturday before. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those like fancy places where you don't get a lot of food for it. So I had to get, <laughs> this is the title of my, of my memoir. It's going to be Double Duck because I got some sort of like duck, gnocchi. And I just know whenever there's like a fancy gnocchi place, there's not going to be enough uh, meat. I- I'm going to be wanting more food. And sure enough, I was right. I wanted more food at the end of it. So I got the double duck. Not like double down, like double duck. And at the point when they brought the food out, the guy that brought it and said, you're the double duck? I've never seen that before. Like he, saying it like, I've never seen that much duck before. There was, it was a normal amount. I would say it was less than a normal. I was hungry after. We got a side. We were doing, we were having drinks the entire time, and uh, even a dessert. I am not an order dessert at a restaurant person, you know. But because the double duck was still a mild amount of duck, and also gnocchi, we had to 
make do. We had to find other ways, other ways to uh, fill our appetites. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, Double Duck is the title of my memoir. So our, our Patreon members, you guys will be the first ones. You'll be in my dedication for the Double Duck. I'm going to double down on the Double Duck dedication. A lot of double D. Uh, never mind. Sorry. Um, so updates, my, my student teacher, Hayden, he has taken over uh, four out of the... That sounds negative when I say it that way. My student teacher has taken lead of four out of my five classes, which has been weird because I can spend time doing stuff that I never have time to do uh, during the day, like ever. And it's, it's really quite a welcome period. I got my taxes done, for example, in less than 30 minutes. No, I'm sorry, less than 40 minutes. From start to finish, too, like downloading my W-2s and my 1090s and my 1098s and my 1099, I don't know all the numbers and letters and stuff like that, but start to finish, compiling materials and remembering my login and doing the recovery for my password and all that stuff until I hit submit, it was less than 40 minutes. And then within the hour, the federal and state was accepted. So I, and I was feeling so good about it. I was like, oh, that was such a quick process, so much easier than last year. I'm just getting better every year and I'm ahead of schedule. But then when I got the, the, the text from, uh, from H&R just being like, hey, your, your return was accepted. And I'm thinking like, I'm so ahead of schedule. I'm such, oh, this is amazing. I'm caught up on grading everything. But I looked and the previous text message was like from two weeks prior the year before. So I was actually behind, which is so like life as, <laughs> as a teacher. But hey, um, yeah, so he's doing a great job. It's been cool to to take a different lens. I think, full disclosure, part of me has always thought about, um, in addition to continuing to drink and do this podcast, uh, part of me has thought about shifting into a, it's not quite lateral, but it's definitely not uh, upward, I guess, really. Yeah, instructional coaching uh, as a full-time gig, not just a part-time gig or uh, instructional mentor or teacher mentoring, instructional coaching uh, are two roles that I, I currently have, but it's on top of my own teaching responsibilities and, uh, and other stuff like that. And uh, the, the chance to not be the lead teacher necessarily, it, it took me, a, it, it was an adjustment for sure. Um, I'm lucky that I, I, I had applied for a grant to kind of replace some of the broken and stolen items from the, uh, the sound studio at the school that we made, uh, but making it into a multimedia studio as well. Um, and I, I point all this out to, not to like brag about it, but I never truly had the time to dedicate to like making the studio what I wanted it to be. I think, well, I shouldn't say that. In the, in the beginning stages, I was able to like, you know, move a lot of stuff around and, and get the equipment set up, but it was, it was not, it didn't have that like, uh, how do you put it? Like that finishing touch, like cables weren't necessarily as organized uh, versus now like things are zip tied, you know, they're, they're labeled. Um, there's matching like tabletops. And if you're a teacher and you don't care about that, stop listening. But if you're someone who does, it's very satisfying that I have two different uh, tables that are different manufacturers, everything but they are like the same height and they look the same and the same surface color. And it's just, they worked perfectly for the space that I needed. Uh, little details that I couldn't pay attention to before. And, and now I'm spending a lot of time in there because 
that's where I go when my student teacher is flying solo, as they say. As they say. Um, and I'm sure some kids love it. Some kids for sure hate it. it. It is what it is. I think, you know, they're not getting one over me or I, I, I get my same, you know, amount of sleep every I get my same paycheck too. I have the same amount of sleep every night, uh, whether a kid likes that I've switched to a student teacher in my classroom versus if it's me. Um, but they've, they've done a, a pretty good job, I think, so far, sort of. Some of them, half of them, maybe none. Who knows? Um, cheers. Yeah, the, uh, the fun part about it is, again, having all that time. But it really, uh, as I mentioned, instructional coaching has... Uh, for a while now, kind of been on my radar as maybe the next uh, step to to shift into uh, a more full-time basis because it's incredible how like even strategies that you might not have used consistently or have, haven't used in a while or have never used, uh, it's stuff that kind of, you get to rethink your own lessons if you're seeing it taught by somebody else or if you're helping someone uh, develop their own lessons and materials you you just you don't realize everything that goes into not just the the quality and the and the time that you're putting in but how like well thought out it is and it's just like a muscle that gets stronger and you take it for granted um that I don't say that to like brag but it's crazy when you think about like the the on board or the on the job training that you kind of get you know, by yourself, just out of necessity, it's so overwhelming when you're a student teacher. You know, like like just the the simple day to day grind of of planning instruction and uh, and and grading for the sake of assessing how students are doing and then adjusting from there. It never stops. Even copies, it never stops. And that's not even counting behavior. Um. So I don't know, it's been, it's been fun to take that lens and be on the other side of this. I've mentioned it a few times, obviously it's been, <laughs> I'm not direct teaching, I'm only direct, directly teaching one of my classes instead of all five. Um, so that's, that's what we're gonna be talking about. You know, we got about nine, 10 weeks left or so. Uh, we had a pep talk last week, but you're gonna get some student teacher and slash student, te- being a student teacher's mentor stuff. And for some of you, it's old news. For me, it's brand new because I haven't done it before. So uh, bear with me. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, and, and all this to say, when we talk about student teachers getting used to the process of planning and, and instruction and all that stuff, it is a, it's a slow burn to actually get comfortable doing that and being solid in your your craft but i'm amazed when whenever it's like how do i put this there's we've had some people that have taken on courses in the past who might not necessarily be a teacher or maybe they are in their in their first you know year or two and people who are in their corner this is not against them at all but it's funny how they'll just they'll go to like the first class and, and they'll be blown away and they'll be boasting about it being like, that's amazing. I'm so impressed by this. But no one ever talks about like how sustainable that might be. All these opening activities and things like that. Can you actually sustain that? Where it's like, I don't like I don't give a shit about your first, you know, couple of weeks 
of of teaching and lesson planning in your new class or whatever, I want to see week 28. You know, you're in the weeds, you're in the thick of it, you're exhausted and uh in most states underpaid, but you're uh, you're it's it's not going to be your 100% your 150% effort uh, lesson or class or activity or unit or whatever it might be. That's what I want to see. Oh, it's a perfect lesson. Dazzle me in week 35 when no one gives a shit about, about their schooling. That's what I want to see. But that's not what anyone shows you. I wonder, too, if you were to look at like social media for, for teachers, um, do they have more posts about like their perfect lessons and their perfect classroom setup at the beginning of the year or at the middle of the year? <laughs> um, and of course, the end of the year, obviously. I don't know. That's just me. Um, I even think about that when it comes to like energy and 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 everyone that like claims that they 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 have a they've got it tapped. They understand how to make this happen throughout the entire year, and it's just not realistic. But even when people talk about in my my grad school program, I remember I had a professor that was they pulled out a lesson plan from like a former student of theirs or something like that. I don't know who it was. Maybe they were in teaching. Who cares? And the, the, the way I remember hearing about this and reading through this lesson, it was pitched as, quote unquote, as close to a perfect lesson as possible, simply because there were formative checks for understanding throughout. Every step of the way, there was a check-in for understanding before moving forward, which is great. Not necessarily sustainable to do every single day, but my big thing is like, oh, this is a near perfect lesson. What about behavior? We talk all the time about SEL, social emotional learning and stuff like that. But I, I'm not even, let's just take it a step further. Student compliance, as uh, negative a connotation as that word may be, that's still a factor, you know? But no one talks about, you know, you talk in the abstract when you're in grad school. You talk in the abstract when you're in PDs and things like that and all the things that you ideally would do. But if it's not sustainable or if it's not realistic or you just don't have the time or the energy to do that, no one talks about that. And if you're, you're truly like uh, thinking about a, a lesson going perfectly, it doesn't matter how well you planned, there's always something that goes wrong and no one talks about it ever. So speaking of behavior, the <laughs> The uh, the number of names or, or the the number of student names that are just ruined for me forever. Um, I've had siblings, obviously, in in the past six years or so, and sometimes they're just like their sibling, and other times they're nothing like their sibling, and that can go very well or very poorly. <laughs> um, and I say that as someone who is the youngest of five and had just like these like model student older siblings that I had to live up to. Um, but it'd be nice if some of my students strived for what their older siblings were like. Uh, not that it's a competition or a comparison, but let's just say there's some first names that if and when I ever have kids, can't go with those names. Um, can't say there isn't a guttural reaction to some of these first names if I see uh, that name again on my roster. Uh, or those moments when it's like, you know, it's like 5 p.m. You're driving home and then you, you text a teacher friend once you get home safely, of course. You text a teacher friend like, remember this kid? And they go, duh. 
<laughs> you just ruined somebody's day. That's the reason why teachers need to drink sometimes, right? We're human. We're human. Um, yeah, I had one of those pop up. Because sometimes you make comparisons. Uh, I'm not saying it's right, but I do it in my head. Um, where this name came out of nowhere because I, I probably haven't you know, seen or heard this name in easily four or five years or so, but just instantly came back when, when, com- or when trying to equate this one current student's behavior to uh, a, a past student, to, to give reference, if you will. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Like, we weren't judging. But uh, wow, it brought back so many memories. The 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 pure <laughs> like fire in my chest of frustration for this like one particular student, just from remembering the name, and just instantly brings it all back. So, cheers to that one. Um, yeah. So if you are drinking along for this one, and you know you have that student for sure, this is the time to. Uh, Take a drink, take a bow. Or several. Or several. Um, anyway, so the, uh, let me see if I can pull this up here. I'm admittedly not the best at using Reddit. And the post is apparently gone now, uh, which is unfortunate as I'm trying to, see, I'm not that good at Reddit. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Um, but it was something to the effect of, the number of students who are not toilet trained. And it was an age that was, as far as I can remember from the post, a lot older than I would have expected to see that. Um, So I just want to take a moment to just, you know, give my appreciation, shout out my appreciation to the the pre-K, kinder, just early elementary and before teachers and your, your, your daycare attendance associates. I'm not really sure what their job title would be. Um, because yeah, uh, that sounds horrible. Um, and you know, we talk about different parenting styles and how it impacts the classroom, but the potential issue of having to wipe up poop, everybody poops. I know that, but I don't necessarily want to, uh, um, deal with that. But I guess there's some sort of like concern where not enough kids are showing up to school and they are toilet trained or, or I don't want to say house trained because, <laughs> um, but we talk about this all the time in high school, which is, you know, grass is always greener. Maybe would you rather deal with, deal with, uh, toilet issues or, uh, behavior issues? Cause we use the phrase a lot, like students don't know how to do school, uh, do school and uh, not just outside of the, or outside of just getting in assignments and and staying on track, but just truly like sitting in a seat or, you know, if you have a flexible seating classroom or something like that, what does it look like to appropriately engage in that? What does it look like to appropriately walk through the halls during passing period? (laughs) Which I'm sure is every high school uh, teacher's ultimate struggle because it's, you know, I can go on for hours about that one, but you should see the halls in our class, in our school. It's absolutely insane at some point or at various points in the day. But uh, I think if I had to choose, though, maybe I'll take the shit for a couple of weeks, you know, see how that goes. You know, there might be some people that are assigned to that. But sometimes, man, my patience really gets tested. And uh, 
yeah, is cleaning. Am I diminishing the <laughs> the horrible nature and burden of cleaning up and having to clean up a poop? Absolutely not. But you know, grass is always greener. Let's try it for a little bit. You know, <laughs> elementary school teachers go through a lot, so maybe we could shoulder some of that. But also, maybe just so I can, maybe I'll appreciate the fact that I only deal with, <laughs> not that I only deal with this, but maybe I'll appreciate dealing with behavior issues after I've dealt with shit for a little bit. I'll appreciate the figurative shit because I won't be dealing with the literal shit anymore, uh, depending on what, you know the maturity of your high schoolers. Um, yeah. So uh, that Adam Poldolner book that we talked about a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I don't know what it is. It's called How Would You Handle It? Questions for Teachers to Ask Themselves. And what better place to ask myself than on a podcast when I'm in a room by myself with people potentially listening in later, at a later date. And uh, every so often I'll just flip through this. I I forgot about it for a long time, did it in the beginning, a little bit in the middle, and brought it back more recently uh, over the past four or five years. And uh, I just flip to a random page and see what happens. So if you have your own, how would you handle it? Your own copy of it, that is. This is on page 59. That's where I happened to flip through. Maybe I should flip toward the beginning or the end because I'm, I'm getting all these middle ones. But this is uh, how would you, or question number 239. What are three adjectives that you would like your students to use when they describe you? <laughs> I know what they're gonna use because doing too much isn't an adjective, but doing too much. Uh, they might claim petty, but I just follow up on shit and hold them accountable. But I would truly love consistent, organized, empathetic, which is the most cliche answer, but truly that's what I strive for. Um, this next one, this is from page 42 of Paul Dolner's book. Would you take your students outside for class on a nice day? And I wish I could, truly, but the neighborhood that I teach in is not gonna be the safest. We periodically have to have the police show up at the front door when someone's trying to get into the building. So let alone if I brought them outside of the building. Unless we did something like, if we created like a safe rooftop thing, or maybe maybe like a conservation rooftop. <laughs> and it's also safe with like railings and shit like that. Like those those schools with the recess up on the roof and it just has like a cage around it. <laughs> um, speaking of the prison pipeline. Uh, next one, 174, because it's right here and it stuck out to me. Would you loan pencils to students? How about other classroom supplies? And I don't really have a fucking choice because we've already gone through the past, uh, last year, I think I went through over three or 4,000 pencils and we're a little over halfway through this school year here and we've gone through over 3,000 pencils at this point. And granted, some of them are going to wear out and you have to replace them anyway and it is, what it, it is what it is. But the number of students who are just dependent on it and I've read the thing, if I only had a pencil, that whole thing, I know there's more to it. They're human beings, but it gets a little bit annoying when like the same kid every single day not only borrows a pencil, but then just breaks it while making intimate eye contact with someone else. It's weird. Um, or they'll just toss a perfectly good pencil that's like freshly sharpened from the factory, brand new eraser, and they just throw it in the recycling bin or even worse when they throw it in the trash. So I don't know. Don't waste your money uh, on it. If you can, maybe the school can uh, can pay for it. Who knows? Um, all right, I, I flipped through another one. Let's do one more here. Uh, <laughs> number. This is on page 125 of Paul Dolner's book. You're about to start a test and a student comes up to you and says, I can't take this because I'm not ready. 
And then there's follow-up questions. Would your reply be different if that student missed the day before? What if she was in class? Oh, they assume she. Uh, what if she was in class yesterday, but not the two days before that? What if the student had some personal crisis the night before? What about any other kind of excuse? Well, <laughs> it's a little bit leading. I, I guess don't have them take it. Adam Poldolner, that's what you're trying to get at. I don't know. The We have the issue of truancy in, in our school where students truly believe if they have an absence, whether it's excused or unexcused, that they're not held accountable for what they missed. And really, the only thing is that are you held accountable for it being late or on time if you did miss? And that, since we talk about doing school in, in heavy air quotes, is the ultimate struggle. Uh, even kids that are in the building all day, but they cut their classes and they're like, well, I wasn't here, so I don't have to do it. It's like, yeah, you don't have to. I don't have to give you the grade that you like. You know, <laughs> that's how consequences work, man. And uh, we have some kids that are still working on that. So I don't know. I have one student that I have never seen in first period this year. I'm sorry, second period. It just feels like first period because they, it's they're never there. I've seen them I think five times, and that's not hyperbole in the morning. I'm still giving the test. It's going to happen. What else do you want me to do? Um, yeah. Also, I just don't know if I have enough trust in some of my students. Like, what are you going to, okay, not going to give you the test. What are you going to do in these 50 minutes? Hmm? What you, gonna, what you got to work on? What are you going to use this time wisely with? <laughs> Which is always the concern when we're talking bell-to-bell instruction. But hey, I'm exhausted. This is a, a weeknight episode recording for full disclosure. Uh, so I'm going to call it there. But hey, if you uh, if any of these things resonated with you or if you disagree with me on something or you just really want to call me out and call me on my shit, <laughs> you can always reach me, classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew on your favorite social medias, including TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. It's all at classroombrew because now there's handles on different, all, all those have handles. YouTube, I think, added that recently. Um, if you want to be on the show too, it's class, just email me or reach out on uh, social media. I think anytime you get some teachers that, and we can use, you know, uh, anonymity for you if you need to, but anytime you get teachers, just ha- sit down, have a couple of beers and talk about it for real. That's a good time. You can connect. If you're a first year teacher who's disillusioned or a student teacher listening in and you're trying to figure out how to do this, it could be on too, or you could read, you know, whatever happens, uh, or whatever you might need. So, that said, thank you to our patrons uh, on Patreon. If you want to get that bonus content, that podcast, merchandise, so you can rep it, you can wear the t-shirt while you cry or drink about your job, whatever it might be, um, that's patreon.com slash classroombrewing. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. It's very humbling that you guys are listening. Uh, but until next week, class dismissed. This is Classroom Brew.